You're listening to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. To learn more about Chestnut Ridge Church, visit us online at theridge.church. Today's message comes from Executive Pastor Bruce Lane. Listen as he brings us a talk titled, All's Well That Ends Well, that will urge us to start the new year well in order to finish well. We hope that this talk will encourage and inspire you as you grow in your relationship with God and others. Good morning. My name is Bruce Lane, and I'm the executive pastor here at The Ridge. Thank you for joining us today. Hard to believe that it's the last day of 2023. I mean, where did this year go? I hope you had an opportunity to uh, attend or check out one of our Christmas Eve services because they were awesome. If you weren't able to uh, check that out, you can by uh, going online. We've got uh, those uh, services available to watch. I'd highly recommend it. Maybe even go back and watch it again. They were that good. Um, And also, I'd just like to, before we begin, thank you again for allowing us to have this service uh, online only today. As Tim said a couple weeks back, and I want to reiterate, we really wanted to give our uh, volunteers and staff one Sunday off that they could actually enjoy the service with their family. So thank you for that. Now, I don't know about you, uh, but I am a huge sports fan. I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. So uh, my, my teams are Cincinnati Reds, Cincinnati Bengals, and the Ohio State Buckeyes. And I'm, I'm glad that we're online today because I would already start hearing the boos from most of you. But those are my teams. But I also, living here in Morgantown, love the Mountaineers. In fact, I really just love sports. Uh, when there's games on, I mean, obviously going to them are great. But even on TV, sometimes my wife will say, what are you doing? I was like, I'm going downstairs to watch the game. And she says, who's playing? And I'm like, I don't even know. But I just love watching sports, whatever it is. But you know what? More than sports, I love, I love a great ending to the game. I love a great ending to a sports game. And I don't know what it is for you, a Hail Mary, a walk-off home run, maybe a game-winning field goal, a long putt on the 18th, photo finish, uh, knockout. I don't know, but those are all things I think watching a game that those finishes are just great. And I think probably the most memorable one I can, uh, that, that I'm thinking of that I can remember was the 1980 Winter Olympics when the USA hockey team beat Russia in the semifinals. And I can still hear it over and over in my mind. Al Michaels on the call with about three or four seconds to go said, do you believe in miracles? And he just said, yes. I don't know about you, but I really love a good finish. And I love when teams finish well. You know, I did a Google search for finishing well, and uh, what came up on the top, there were 3.5 billion results. Now, I wasn't able, didn't have time to look at all of those results, but here's kind of the themes of finishing well. Uh, For some, finishing well means ending life with a long, cushy retirement. For others, it means just ending, ending well means having lots of stuff. Still others, it was about good health and a pain-free death. I mean, all of those sound good, don't they? Money and stuff, cushy retirement, good health, pain-free death. 
that looks like we're finishing well. You know, my talk today is all, all's well that ends well, and I think it's appropriate for the last day of the year. How did 2023 end for you? How does 2024 look like it's going to end for you? What about this game of life? How do you want to finish? Will you finish well? What does a good finish even look like? For some, your finish line might seem closer than ever before. And for others, you're like, man, my finish line seems so far away. Well, regardless of where your line is, I think we all would really like to finish well. You know, the Bible has some things to say about finishing well. As you may recall, a few weeks ago, Tim talked about running a race, and I think he really teed that up for me today and as a good setup for our talk, because we really want to finish well. Throughout scriptures, there's uh, uh, many scriptures, we'll talk about a few, that talk about finishing well and running as really an example and a picture of life. In 1 Corinthians 9.24, we read, Don't you know that the runners in the stadium all race, but only one receives the prize? Run in such a way to receive the prize. In Hebrews chapter 12, it says, Let us run with endurance the race before us. In the second Timothy verse four, or chapter four, verse seven, it says, I have fought the good fight. I have finished the race. I have kept the faith. You know, as with running and in life, we all want a good start. We all have a race to run and we all have a finish line. And my takeaway today is to finish well, we need to start well and run well. To finish well, we need to start well and run well. I think we've all heard that said, it doesn't matter how you start, but how you finish. And I think there's some truth to that, but I think it's incomplete, right? I do think it matters how we start. I do think it matters how we run. And I do think it matters how we finish. And, and, and as we talk through this today, we'll look at the life of the Apostle Paul, how he started, how he ran, and how he finished. But let me tell you a little bit about my start. Again, I grew up in Dayton, Ohio. I have a twin brother, two younger brothers. My dad was a doctor. My mom stayed home. For me, it was a great childhood. I mean, I had two loving parents who were involved in my life and great brothers all around the same age. I was involved in sports and many extracurricular activities in school. And as I got older uh, into high school, uh, I was involved in youth group, went on mission trips. We were at church just about every Sunday. So for me, looking at it, my start was pretty good, or so I thought. How about you? How did you start? I mean, we all have a starting point, right? The gun goes off, we're out of the blocks in this thing called the game of life. Some of us had good starts, some of us have had bad starts, some of us had good starts that turned into bad starts. Some of us have had false starts. We all have a start, and we all start somewhere. Now, let's look at the Apostle Paul and how he started. So we know Paul was from Tarsus, and he also went by the name of Saul. Here's what we know about his early life. In the book of Acts, we read this about Paul. This is what he's saying about himself. I am a Jew born in Tarsus, 
of Cilicia and brought up in the city, which they were in there was Jerusalem. I studied under Gamaliel and was thoroughly trained in the law of our ancestors. I was just as zealous for God as any of you are today. Paul was a young man educated by one of the greatest teachers of the Jewish law, and he was on his way to becoming a rabbi. Seems like a pretty good start for Paul, doesn't it? Continuing in Acts, though, we read this about Paul's early years. Meanwhile, Saul was breathing threats and murders against the disciples of the Lord. He went to the high priest and requested letters from him to the synagogues in Damascus, so that if he found any men or women who belonged to the way, those would have been the Christians of those days, who belonged to the way, he might bring them as prisoners to Jerusalem. That's how Paul started. He opposed the followers of Jesus and sought to put an end to the spread of the gospel. Now, how are we feeling about Paul's start, right? Not great. But as Paul continued his plans to stop the spread of the gospel, something incredible happened to him. On his way to Damascus, he had a powerful encounter that forever changed his life. Continuing in Acts 9, we read, as he traveled and was nearing Damascus, a light from heaven suddenly flashed around him. Falling on the ground, he heard a voice saying to him, Saul, Saul, why do you persecute me? Who are you? He said, I am Jesus, the one you are persecuting, he replied, but get up and go into the city and you will be told what you must do. Paul personally encountered Jesus for the first time. This was the start of Paul's new race. Paul now had a fresh start. He was able to start well. And he had the opportunity to finish well because he met Jesus. And the race he was running, his new race, now mattered. His new start allowed him to start well. As I said earlier, I thought I was running a great race, right? I started well. But something happened during my freshman year of college that changed everything. It changed the race I was running. Through a series of events and much prayer from my mom, I put my life, I put my trust, I put my faith in Jesus. This was the start of my new life. I had a new starting line, a new race, a spiritual race. I could finish well because I now had a race to run that mattered. Just like Paul, just like me, just like some of you have, right? We have the opportunity to start well, a fresh start in a new race when we start well with Jesus. No matter how we originally start, that doesn't matter. We all have the opportunity to have a fresh start. But here's the thing, if we don't have a fresh start with Jesus, there's no way we can end well, because we won't be running the race that matters. And if you don't know today that you're running a race that matters, then I think it's time today to put your faith and your trust in Jesus. 
I think it would be a great day for you to begin to start well in your new spiritual race and begin running a race that matters. If you want to do that, you can check out our website or app or see how to start a relationship with God. You can email or message one of us here at the Ridge, and we'd love to talk to you. So we've looked at starting well. Now let's take a look at running well. Did you know that only 0.05% of the U.S. population and 0.01% of the global, global population have ever completed a marathon? 0.05% and 0.01%. Uh, that's according to Marathon Handbook, 2022. Now, I've never run a marathon, shocker, but my son and daughter-in-law have run marathons. And I asked them, why did you do it? Why'd you run a marathon? Now, they both started off with, hey, we wanted to see what we could do, wanted to see what we're capable of, we had something to prove. But where they both landed was, it was all about training for something, training to do something, and that was important. According to 11-time marathon runner and psychology professor, Glenn Gehr, this is what he says about marathons. He said, in reality, completing a marathon is not the impressive part although it's the glorified part. I love that line. It's not the impressive part, it's the glorified part. I think that talks about our race too, right? Effectively training for a marathon is really what's impressive. And at that end, at the end of things, all, those things often go unseen. Completing a marathon is also a way to socially signal one's traits on dedication, discipline, and time management, all required for getting through a successful race. He goes on to say, you want people who are diligent, you want people who are hardworking, and you want people who are gonna go the extra mile. Marathon finishers fit all those details in a very profound way. You know, it's been said that life is a marathon, right? So if that's true, then 100% of us, 100% of us, all of us are running a marathon. And how we run our race matters. You know, even though I put my faith in Jesus uh, in college, I felt like I was running a race. Uh, I thought it was going to be easy, but over those next 30 years, to be honest with you, that race was a grind. It felt more like I was not only running a marathon, but uh, I was also running a Spartan race, maybe a also an obstacle course at the same time, running, jumping, crawling, up, down, not an easy run around the track, which is what I thought my race would be. Striving, for me it was striving, some discontentment, desire for money, pride, selfishness. These were just some words that would describe me during my race. Maybe that's true of your race today. Maybe you're running the right race, but it's not easy. Maybe it seems all uphill, or maybe it seems like an obstacle course. Maybe it seems tougher and longer and not as easy as you thought it would be. Maybe you've fallen down during your race. Maybe you were knocked down. Maybe you're still down. Just know that it's never too late to get back up and keep running, running your race again. You know, the Apostle Paul's life after his conversion wasn't easy either. 
even though he was running the new race, even though he had the right race to run, he knew Jesus. This is what Paul says about his life. In, uh, in the scripture, he says, five times I received 39 lashes from Jews. Three times I was beaten with rods by the Romans. Once I was stoned by my enemies. Three times I was shipwrecked. I've spent night and day in the open seas. On frequent journeys, I faced dangers from rivers, dangers from robbers, dangers from my own people, dangers from the Gentiles, dangers in the day, dangers in the night, dangers in the open country, dangers in the city, dangers on the sea, and dangers among, excuse me, false brothers. Labor and hardship, many sleepless nights, hunger and thirst, often without food, cold and lacking clothing, not to mention other things. There's this daily pressure on me, my care for the churches. Paul's race was not just easy laps around the course, right? But how was he able to run that way? How are we able to run that way? I think as we look again at what Paul says in Corinthians, we start to get an idea. He says, don't you know that the runners in the stadium all race, but only one receives a prize? Now, everyone who competes, everyone who competes exercises self-control in everything. However, they do it to receive a crown that will fade away. Therefore, I do not run like one who runs aimlessly or box like one beating the air. I discipline my body and bring it under strict control so that after preaching to others, I myself will not be disqualified. And again, in Philippians, Paul says, brothers, I do not consider myself to have taken hold of it, but one thing I do, one thing, forgetting what is behind, reaching forward to what is ahead. I pursue my goal uh, and the prize that's promised by God's heavenly call in Christ Jesus. And again, as Pastor Tim talked about, a few weeks ago in Hebrews, it says, therefore, since we also have such a large cloud of witnesses surrounding us, let us lay aside every weight and the sin that so easily ensnares us. Let us run with endurance the race that lies before us, keeping our eyes on Jesus, the source and perfecter of our faith. You know, it's interesting as I read those uh, verses, in my mind, some of those words that were in those verses sounded a lot like what Glenn Gerher used when he was talking about marathons, right? Self-control, discipline, endurance, reaching forward, not looking back. You see, Paul didn't run aimlessly. He knew where he was going. He disciplined his body. He was in strict training. He laid aside every weight that would entangle him and every sin that would ensnare him because he didn't want to get tripped up. He didn't get, want, want to get weighed down by his distractions, both of which would ultimately slow him down and could disqualify him. And he kept his eyes on Jesus. He was focused on Jesus and nothing else, not the course, not the other runners, but Jesus. Now, Paul didn't run his race perfectly. No one had a perfect race except for Jesus. But Paul had a plan. He was focused on the end result, the finish line, and he kept his eyes on Jesus. I think that's a great picture how we can run 
our race as well, right? Not aimlessly, not being weighed down by distractions or tripped up by sin, um, forgetting the past, run with discipline and control with our eyes fixed on Jesus. But to do this, we must stay close to Christ and we must walk in the strength and grace that only Christ provides. Speaking of running and racing, how many of you remember the movie Chariots of Fire? The main character, Eric Liddell, had missionary parents in China, and he, Eric, would eventually return to China as a missionary. However, he was fast. God made him fast. And he felt he could also honor God by running in the 1924 Paris Olympics. You see, Eric Liddell was being obedient and faithful to what God called him to do, both go to the mission field, but after he ran in the Olympics. And I love what he says at the end. He said, God made me for a purpose, but he also made me fast. And when I run, I feel his pleasure. You see, I think that's a great picture for all of us running well. God made each of us for a purpose. Each of us have our own race, and that's what he made us for. And when we run that race and we won that, run that race well, we can feel his pleasure. And I think that's where we all want to be. So we talked about starting well. We talked about running well. Now let's look at finishing well. When I was about 50 years old and looking back, the race, as I said, that I envisioned was nothing like the one I envisioned when I started. But I was invited to this men's retreat and actually went. It was in Atlanta. I don't remember the speakers. I don't remember a lot of what was said. But something changed in me that weekend. Something, it was there that I realized that all I needed to do was be obedient and faithful to what God called me to do. All I needed to do was be obedient and faithful to what God called me to do. That's it. That's the race that was set before me. Not someone else's race. I didn't need to be worried about the other runners. I just needed to be worried about my race to finish well. Let's look back on a part of the verse in Hebrews we just read. It said, let us run with endurance the race that lies before us. The race that lies before us can also be translated the race marked out for us. It's a specific race for each of us. We all have individual races. My race is different than your race, which was different than Paul's race, which was different than Eric Liddell's race. Toward the end of Paul's life, as he's looking back over his race, he's in prison and he knows his time on earth is coming to an end. He says this, I fought the good fight. I've finished the race. I've kept the faith. You see, Paul completed the work that God gave him. Nothing moved him off course. He finished well because he started well and he ran well. Again, not perfectly, but he kept his eyes on Jesus and he ran through the tape. For those of us getting close to the finish line, how are you running? Are you ready to run through the tape? Are you ready to see Jesus? I turned 60 this year, and those are the questions I continue to ask myself. How am I finishing? 
am I running through the tape? Because I'm getting closer to that finish line. You know, my dad passed away about a year ago. And uh, he was an example uh, to me as somebody who finished well. Again, not perfectly, but he finished well. He was available. He spent time with me. He encouraged me. He was full of wisdom. And he loved me unconditionally. He fought the good fight. He finished the race. And he kept the faith. And for that, I'm eternally grateful. And that's my hope that I can finish that way and finish well like my dad. So my takeaway today was to finish well, we need to start well and run well. But as I conclude, I'd like to maybe alter that just a little bit, add a few words and make it to finish well, we need to start well and run well each day. To finish well, we need to start well and run well each day. Just as our life can be seen as a marathon, right? It can also be seen as a series of sprints. If you're a sprinter in track, you know that your start, the way you run, and your finish is of utmost importance because that's going to really tell you if you win or lose the rate. So how can we finish well each day? Well, I think, you know, when my kids were in college and uh, they were having, uh, usually around exam times um, they were at wit's end, we would have a conversation about running to the tape and finishing well. It was always, guys, finish strong. I'd be texting them that. And you know, that's what I think about now. How can I finish strong? How am I finishing each day with my wife, my kids, my grandkids, my coworkers, and my friends? Most importantly, how am I finishing each day with God? Am I running through the tape every day? And to finish well each day, I think we need to run well each day. What does that look like? Well, Think back to what Paul said, laying aside our weight, every weight and sin that so easily entangles me and keeps my eyes off of him. I need to do that daily. In other words, I must remove anything that would obstruct or impede my progress while I'm running the race. And I need to keep my eyes on him daily. You know, in John 15, we read about the vine and the branches, and it's really a picture of Jesus being the vine and us being the branches. And that vine... The branches get their nutrient, nutrients from the vine because they're connected. And that's what I think that's a picture of us needing that nourishment every day as we abide or remain in him. And finally, to finish well each day and to run well each day, I think it comes down to starting well each day. What does starting well each day look like? Well, I've developed a habit of spending time with God every day. Bible reading, prayer, devotions, worship. Again, not perfectly, but that's my goal every day. I make this a priority for me because for me, when I don't start my day with God, it's tough for me to have any chance of running well and finishing the race he's called me to. So what are some applications today as we end? Let's go back to that quote, it doesn't matter how you start, it matters how you finish. I think this morning, I really think it comes down to how we start. First, if you don't know Jesus, starting well means having a relationship with him. If you're not sure you've ever had that relationship or ever 
put your trust in him today would be a great day to do so. So you can start your new race. You can check out our app or website or uh, look at the bottom uh, of the screen for ways uh, to learn more about how you can start that personal relationship with God. And my second application is for all those of us who have started well with Jesus, let's start well each day. Let's spend time with God's word, in God's word, and time in prayer. Again, we have some great resources on our app, on our website, uh, prayer plans, how to read the Bible that I can help get us all set up. So my takeaway today was to finish well, we need to start well and run well. Then I altered it a little bit to say, to finish well and uh, start well and run well, we need to do that each day. If you'd allow me one more little tweak, I can think of no better takeaway today than to finish 2024 well, we need to start well and run well beginning tomorrow. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you that you are concerned with how we start and with how we run and with how we finish. Thank you for giving us each a new day, even a new year to start and run and finish well. And thank you for giving us the energy and endurance to fight the good fight, to finish the race, and to keep the faith. Amen. Well, that's all our time today. Again, thank you for being with us. Again, next Sunday, Tim starts a new uh, series. You're not going to want to miss that. Have a great week and have a great start to your 2024. Thanks for listening to the Ridge Weekly Podcast. If you'd like to hear more messages now, you can check out our past series at theridge.church slash messages or download the free Ridge app. Thanks again for listening and we will see you next time.